0: Is creepy and geeky. Welcome to Creepy and Geeky. I'm your host, Robert, and on today's episode, we're talking about happy death day and happy death day to you. Joining me today is Devon Taylor. Devon is a co-host of the Spectre Cinema Club podcast and a rotating panelist on the pod and the pendulum. Welcome to the show, Devon. Hello. Hello.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm uh, yeah. very excited to get creepy and or geeky.
0: <laughs> well, we're going to get a little bit of both today, I think. <laughs> All right. Um, well. First up, since you're new to the show, uh, I, I like to ask guests, uh, what was your first horror movie? You know, it's like I, I kind of
1: go back and forth because I truly don't know which one it was. I know <laughs> I know the first batch of movies that I saw and I know what right. was not first. Uh, like, you know, the The fly was third and that was like the one that like kind of like really like flipped a switch. Um, okay. But between uh, which one was actually first, it's either Cube or Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I do have just both vivid memories of watching those around the same time. And, uh, it was, uh, you know, it, it was two different movies from like, uh, the, the two like kind of primary, like, uh, uh, horror, horror bearers in my life, I guess. Uh, cause like, uh, my mom, she's, she's big into horror movies and, uh, we would, uh, it was fun because my dad hates them. So it was like me and her, that was like, <laughs> kind of like our thing, you know? Um, so so she got me started on nightmare on elm street like pretty early and then my uncle uh showed me cube and then he he was the one that kind of like showed like he had like a you know massive collection stuff so like that through him is where i found like the more like you know cult favorites and stuff and like genre films like that and uh, i remember cube being one of those ones that like was like one of the first things to like scare me because it was like so realistic. So it was interesting having the two of those to like kind of start. One of them was like a super realistic thing that I was like, oh my God, if what if I was in this situation versus nightmare is like, you know, the more supernatural one, but you know, right. still, you know, created a different type of fear. So, so it was, <laughs> it was one of those two.
0: Okay. All right. That's cool. Um, and then you, a, a, after that point, you, uh, became a, a lifelong horror fan or
1: I mean it was, was like
0: there? I definitely
1: watched horror all throughout my life right. um I'll say like kind of where I like made the transition of like kind of like more dedicating myself to it would have been uh, more like 2014 ish um I remember it was um uh, after I saw It Follows and that was okay. like kind of uh, one of the films that I kind of like changed my brain into thinking like cuz at first it was like more about like you know just like the the funness of it all and uh, you know, trying to find stuff that was scary, but then, of course, as you like get older and they become less scary. Then <laughs> that's like whenever I like started like being like, oh, there's like so many storytelling possibilities here and so many different styles that you can uh, put into it. And and on our podcast, we focus on subgenres of horror, and like that's like the thing that kind of intrigues me is like, you know, like horror is such a big umbrella, and there's like so many different kind of types. Uh, that have different functions for the film, you know, under the big horror umbrella. So... Around that time was uh, kind of whenever uh, it, my my brain was just like kind of opened up a little bit more, and then I was also writing for some websites, and they would just start sending me like pretty much only horror stuff because they like it's like that was you know probably where my best writing was coming from. So like all right, so so I guess that's like why I became like a horror guy, I guess.
0: <laughs> uh, I hear, I hear you. I was the same way, you know. I grew up in the eighties, um, and you know, as listeners know that uh i um i've been i dabbled here and there i i would watch things and and enjoy stuff uh like you know the nightmare on elm street movies and the the friday the 13th movies and you know the scream movies i was really big into and still am but the, you know i got really big into it but i wasn't super into horror at that point and it wasn't until about 2018 or so that i really got into it like much much deeper and now it's like become a whole huge facet of my life, so much so that now I'm podcasting about it. <laughs> so
1: yeah, the I feel like it it, it kind of <laughs> makes like an interesting experience too, whenever you like watch one of the ones that you did watch when you were younger but then you like, don't watch it for a while. And then like now you with like, you know, you know, horror history and knowledge and, you know, knowledge about how films are made. Now it's like, it makes like a completely different watch. And you're like, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Like I remember enjoying this whenever I was a kid for the, because I knew in that one scene, I might see some side boob, uh, you know? (laughs) And now it's like, you know, you watch
0: it and it's like,
1: oh, hey, this was actually like a really good movie. And I like, I wasn't like paying attention to anything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or you go back and you, you watch movies that you thought were really really good and now they're just you realize be uh, through your you know more sophisticated grown-up taste you're like man this movie sucks so <laughs> oh yeah I
1: mean you know you definitely have those moments but like I'm always a I'll stick to my guns you know I'll watch something that I'm like you know yeah it's not good but I, I see where my brain was at at the time and like and and that still oh, yeah. matters in the movie you know even so it's like yeah it's always a, a
0: funny little experience oh yeah definitely All right. Well, speaking of, uh, we are talking about uh, Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You. And these are movies that right out of the gate, I have loved. Uh, These are top tier, absolutely some of the best movies to me. Um, I get that they're not everybody's taste. I get that some people think they're not that. You know maybe the second one's not nearly as much horror as the first one and even the first one's not super um, amount of horror because there's too much comedy or whatever but i fully believe that they are horror movies and i i love them both uh because of the comedy and because of the horror and they do a good job at uh, uh you know doing both uh for the most part Uh i know number two you know number two dabbles more into science fiction and and all that but i still feel like there's just enough horror in it to uh, uh keep it going uh, but uh how do you feel about these movies
1: yeah i mean as far as like uh you know where they sit on the horror scale like they both you know sit firmly in the in the genre camp especially the first woman uh yeah i think uh, definitely the second one uh took people a little off guard with us switching the subgenre kind of so drastically but it's still has you know so much of the dna of the first one and you know i i feel like that yeah might be a recurring element in the conversation is like i do appreciate the first one like way more than the second one but not to say yeah. that the second one's bad it's just they it's different in the way that they kind of took the pieces from the first one and then made it its own thing like so like it, the the fact of the second one working the way it does for being so different uh is still right. a testament to that movie itself even if i do still prefer the first one but I remember seeing the first one and like, I remember when it was announced and everything, it just felt so fresh. Like there was, it it felt, you know, familiar where we are seeing tropes that we know and things like that, but it also felt fresh. Um, And, you know, it was, you know, I'm a, I like a kind of elevator pitch type movie. Like, you know, somebody was like, you know, you could (laughs) easily sell this to somebody saying, hey, this is Groundhog's Day, but as a slasher, boom, like that, you know, and like you, you can kind of, you know, sum it up pretty, you know, succinctly but then the first one does function like very well on its own as a as a like so even if you don't love the second one as much like you can still kind of just watch yeah. the first one as its own standalone thing and I think uh, the only reason that works is because we still haven't gotten a third one I know uh, talks have been up and down but apparently it's not looking great on a third one coming which really sucks because I feel like a nice trilogy yeah. to round it out would help the second one uh, yes. in, in its own way but since there's only two i feel like that's the reason people kind of uh wait so heavily onto the first one but yeah it, it's just so it's so fresh like a uh, tree is a character was a very uh fascinating final girl to me uh that you know we'll kind of get into a little more but um yeah. you know and and using the premise in a way that was interesting but then in the first one they also you know, since they don't explain it until the second one, the first one functions really well is that being just super vague and they just don't explain it. And you're just like, <laughs> Oh, all right. Like and you kind of have no choice, but to just accept it because the movie's not going to give it to you. So, so the, the first one works in its own very special way, but I think the way that the second builds off of it uh, still deserves a lot of credit.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Did you, uh, did you get to see these in the theaters or did you just wait for video? Uh, how, did, how did you see these?
1: Um I t- I know I watched the first one in theaters I think the second one I might have uh, not seeing it until it went to streaming because I think it was in and out of the theaters pretty fast because it the uh, first one did you know the first one was like a modest like uh, like a moderate like surprise success right uh, and right. then the the second one like it you know the second one made its money back and stuff it wasn't a flop by any means but it also like didn't uh, make as much of a profit as the first one so that's kind of right. part of the reason the the third never happened so I, I think the second one I probably didn't see until like streaming after gotcha
0: yeah I think I I think I was actually kind of opposite on that I think uh the first one came out um and I didn't know much about it or anything and you know I I missed it in theaters watched it on video blown away by it and then when the second one was coming out I was like okay I gotta go see this one theaters for sure I, so I know I definitely saw the second one in the theater yeah. but not uh the first one but yeah I'm hoping they do a third um you know fingers crossed on that because I would love to see that that um storyline finished and i i really hope that the the proposed uh freaky and uh happy death day uh crossover happens as well that would be a that would be a lot of fun
1: i mean i'm actually against that i i cuz i, I <laughs> it, only only because like i mean not that i don't like freaky i thought freaky was like, right. fun but i also like haven't watched it or thought about it since it came out so i'm like yeah right. it was like solid and and i would want you know this franchise to get its own due like it's you know proper due diligence give it its trilogy right. and then let freaky kind of uh, do its own thing as well um you know with so much i don't know i feel like i might also be one of the people that's like kind of getting that multiverse fatigue of everything crossing over and different timelines <laughs> and all these different things and like and, you know, we already have that in the death day movies, you know, so I, I was right. like, I don't want to introduce another story. in, even though it's like, yes, they uh, are made by the same studio and it would make sense and it would be fun, but, uh, I would love to see again, just to this franchise to be like, you know, because then it's like, this was an original idea, its own thing. And to, like to right. see it, you know, be a fully formed franchise, I think would be great, especially because I think, uh. Tree's uh, final, you know, ca- uh, character arc exploration in a third movie, uh, you know, kind of deserves its own thing rather than her like kind of fighting for screen time with uh, Vince Vaughn and uh, the other gal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I get that, and I, I, I do think that you know, I would love to see Freaky get you know uh, its own sequels and stuff as well, and have this. I, I imagine what would you know be best was you know Freaky get its at least its own little sequel maybe a trilogy of its own uh tree get hers finished off um and then maybe some kind of you know fun crossover um, you know kind of down the road would be would be interesting and like we said with the multiversal aspect of um uh that's been introduced in the second movie that you know they, they could easily pop into you know each other's universes uh without any uh hard explanation uh behind it
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I didn't think the logic would make sense for sure. Like uh, maybe, maybe uh, yeah, give, give the happy death day its own thing. And then like in a sequel or maybe even side for freaky can like a uh, treat yeah. and like kind of pop in for, for a nice little appearance or yeah. something.
0: Yeah. I don't want it to be part of that. I don't want it to be part of their own uh, franchises or something like that. It, you know, I, I imagine it'd be something more of like a Freddy versus Jason type situation where it's kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, their stories have been told enough and then we can have some kind of just fun side side you know fun thing that uh that they do together um so like go ahead <laughs>
1: no you're good uh if, if you were to kind of get your way for a um a happy death day three what would the tone would you want because i i for me i know that um Uh, I, you know, I I definitely missed a little bit more of the horror elements in the second one, but I'm not one of the people that doesn't think that the comedy doesn't work because it totally does. And it's uh, very charming and stuff. So like, uh, if, you know, like, you know, first one, we kind of had the, you know, straightforward, like a comedy, but like also like a shallow vibe a little bit. And then second one, we get like sci-fi explanation for like the events. So like,
0: where would you want the tone to be for the third one? I don't know. That's a, that's an interesting question. Cause I mean, you know, obviously with the end, with the end scene, we get, um, set up with, uh, DARPA coming in and, you know, doing this whole other thing going on, um, that they set up sort of a sequel right there of having, uh, her, her, you um, her nemesis, uh, Danielle, uh, be the one now stuck in the time loop. Uh, so it'd be interesting to, you know, have some kind of, I don't know. I mean, obviously it's going to be a comedy. Obviously it's going to be, you know, it's going to involve the time loop. Um, but I don't know like what kind of, I hadn't really thought about what kind of other genre they could mix in with it since we already got kind of horror and sci-fi, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I think with the, I mean,
1: I think with the premise, the meta route is like kind of like the easy way out, which yeah, I mean, yeah. which I, I'm not against meta stuff as long as it's like done well. But I done I feel well, like yeah. even but I feel like even like the latest Scream movies, like the, the meta aspect is kind of run its course a little bit. But I could totally see him doing that. But then like, I don't know, maybe for this one, since it's like if it's Danielle and then like, you know, and then if Tree, you know, obviously gets looped back into it, like I think it would be fun to like just go like full, like more like psychological, like kind of fever dream-esque where mm. they're just like like maybe they're l- because they're in the loop, it's like altered their mind in a certain way or something, you know. Yeah. And like and they like kind of, you know, like it like kind of maybe alters uh trees reality because she's just so used to all these different time loops and time traveling. And she's like right. I mean she's done year like, you know, like you know, weeks and months worth of time travel by the end of happy death day too. Like she has to play the long game in that movie. So it's like in the third one, she could like kind of be just like unraveling from like all this, like
0: temporal displacement. True. True. Yeah. That would would be a good idea. Um, Yeah. That's a good, that's a good idea. I like it. Uh, You know, hopefully, hopefully uh, uh, Christopher Landon is uh, working on something similar. Um, Who knows? I know he's, he's got an idea for it, but I, you know, fingers crossed that, uh, Jason Blum will uh, uh uh go ahead and put it out at some point. I mean, I'm, I even if they just put it out on streaming, I I would enjoy that. I would love I would love it out on in a movie, but you know, if they're going to do it
1: Yeah, I'd do and it in see,
0: streaming that, at the very least.
1: Yeah, that'd be a case where that would work out, you know, like obviously like people weren't coming out, you know, in the theaters for the second one, so it's like this would be the one that like it wouldn't you know feel like a step down or anything it'd be like no this is like exactly. for the people I like that like totally want it like and i could i could totally see that
0: yeah absolutely um well let's go back to number 1 uh the first one came out and, and like i said it's we like we've mentioned it's a it's more of a straight up uh slasher film a uh, tree uh keeps reliving the same day keeps getting killed by somebody in the baby face mask uh, which was an interesting choice. Um and it's it's just to me, it's just it, it the concept of the time loop, uh, which we've seen before and stuff like um, you know, uh Groundhog Day, which actually gets referenced in the movie uh, towards the end. uh it's it's interesting to get this conceit uh in in a horror movie, and I don't know. I'm, I'm sure it's been done before in a horror movie, um, but this seems to be the uh, the biggest one that's done it. And it just works so well. And like you said, you know, with Tree being the final girl, we get somebody who you hate in the beginning. She is absolutely a terrible person in the beginning. And through the course of this constant time loop and dying and everything like that, she's got to you know figure out. Not only who it is that's trying to kill her, but why, and when she reflects on that, it gives her character development that you wouldn't normally get in a movie like this. You know, normally, she just would be killed off early, and then somebody else would be the the final girl. Um, and so it's it's a fun movie because of that. We get this final girl who, you know, is somebody you hate in the beginning, and by the end of it, you just absolutely love her.
1: Oh, yeah. Like Tree is, you know, the reason these movies work. Like, she's so refreshing because, like, she's flawed. You know, we are kind of so conditioned in a lot of movies that, like, you know, like it, it you see it online whenever, like, people say, like, oh, you know, like, I, you know, I, I Love the movie by like couldn't get behind the main character and like you know like i I see that people kind of struggle when you have an unlikable protagonist like somebody that you just you know naturally don't like but like there's a reason for that you know and and she's, you know, it, because I feel like we also see so many horror movies where it's like a good person, you know, like has something traumatic happens and then they have to like learn to like rebuild themselves, you know, in some way versus right, in right. this. I like that we do already kind of have this, you know, flawed, terrible kind of mean girl uh, s character. And they play to that, you know, that prototype in the beginning of the movie with her. But then, you know, as you get to know Tree throughout the movie and she uh, learns things, you know, through this repetition and, you know, like uh, it's, it's an interesting testament of like, hey, it like takes time to like, you know, change as a person. But like she kind of has this luxury of, you know, this thing happening over and over again. So she kind of gets that. So, so in a movie, we actually do get to see somebody like make, you know, real progress and become a better person, you know, and actually learn right. something. Uh, through this experience that she's having rather than it just being this you know like a uh, survival situation that's gonna like impact her you know like you know negatively like in the future right. it's like no yeah. this is like more something I was like yeah it's a terrible thing that happened to her but like this is uh you know very much happening for the better of her and like and she becomes a just truly better person throughout and uh and is so convincing and Jessica Rothy just has such a great charisma on screen. Like I had never seen her in anything before. So it was just like so nice, like seeing just like an unknown, just like come on and just like be so instantly endearing and fun and uh, really doing everything that she's asked in this movie, whether it be the comedy, playing the horror, playing the bitch at the beginning, uh, you know, playing the emotional beats when, you know, information about her mother is revealed, like she's really doing a lot in this movie and she
0: does it all fantastically. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, she runs through the gamut of like everything. I mean, because you like like you said, I mean, we get her really. She's like this terrible, terrible person. She's like sleeping with her teacher who's married. She's, you know, just horrible to her friends. She's just it's just she's just a bad person. And then you find out, you know, it's it's her birthday um, that she shared with her mom and her mom's dead. And so she's got this emotional aspect going on so you start to feel for her and as she goes along she just you know as she has to continually because at first you don't care that she dies you're just like okay yeah whatever and then when she keeps having to do this and especially once she has to do it over and over and over again to figure out who it is that you know as she's doing that and figuring it out she's actually having to make that self-examination of herself, which you don't get to see a lot of times with characters like this, that as she goes along, you get kind of to the root of everything. And you realize that deep down, she is a good person. She's just been, you know, beaten down by life and it's made her this harder, you know, kind of bitchier person. And it's good to see her kind of like strip that away and get, get back to her core of uh, being a, a good person you know um, and just you know by the end of it you know you're rooting for her you're like yes you know you're, you're hoping she's gonna get out of it and when she does you're super happy about it
1: yeah she has a she has a really cool like a uh, path of acceptance like she has to accept that like hey like Yes, I know, like things have not been great in my life, but like that do- also doesn't give me an excuse to be a shitty person to everyone yeah. else, you know, yeah. so she like has like that acceptance and also like because that it kind of comes in a point where she's like, you know, has no hope in the situation. She's just like, well, I'm just going to keep living this. So like, OK, if I'm going to keep doing this loop over and over again, like I might as well try and make the best of it. Um, and so it's like there's, there's something uh, very, um, you know, very just human in all of that. And, uh, and she's just, uh, yeah, fantastic. And just like every emotion that she uh, gets to do throughout
0: this. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting too, because the mechanism of the time loop in the first one, um, you know, we don't find out what's causing the time loop. We just you know and and a lot of these time loop movies you never find out exactly what's causing this person to, to to do this generally speaking the time loop is an is a device to take a you know you know if we're if we're going to reference groundhog day take a terrible person and end up making them a better person in the end um so it's it, it's to change the person and give them this opportunity to better themselves over the course of the same day over and over and over again until they've gotten to the point where they can get past that terrible day. And so it's interesting to, to, to watch this. And so with this um, time loop, I don't even remember where I was going with this, but um, it's, it's, um, Oh man. My brain just I, died. I, 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 I think ahead. I
1: know. I think I know where you were kind of going. Was like, um, because because the movie, like the first one before we know it's actual time travel. Like, yeah, you know, we we're we we're calling it a time loop. It is just like kind of this recurring situation that we don't know but even you know it, it kind of begs the question on like how much of it they did kind of have planned for the sequel because like you know they have right. the blackouts and then they explain that in the second movie but then um, it, you know were they I, I wonder how committed they were to to time travel at this point because like even though it's not explicitly time travel they're still using the tropes of that genre in the first right. movie yeah. Uh, because you know, typically the lesson that someone learns in a time travel movie is like, no, 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 you can't use this event to or you can't use this phenomenon to change an event, but you can use it to change yourself, and that's usually like the, the journey that that person mm-hmm. learns. So it's like they they still embedded it with her character, arc right. even if you know they weren't sure you know where they were going as far as this time loop. But again, I like that in the first one, it is not explained. We don't really like it's consistent and, you know, you can learn things about like the way that it works, but like it's never given to us, though. And um, and the, something about that ambiguity I really like because then it kind of, you know, just gives you wiggle room in, in kind of what you can do. Um, I've always said in in, uh, you know, the problem with time travel movies is like, you know, when you do try to explain it and try to make sense of it, and it's like we're never going to be able to because <laughs> we can't do it. We haven't right. done it yet. So until that happens, we're never going to be able to try to make sense of it. So, it. so no matter how much you try in a time travel movie, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot somewhere. So I feel <laughs> like that's why the first one works, because they don't try to explain it. So it kind of gives them a pass to, uh, you know, uh, make some mistakes here and there.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think what's interesting is that even when they do explain it in the second movie, they're explaining it and it's still it's kind of a vague way. You know, they're explaining that it's a time loop and that it's you know connected to this multiverse thing and everything like that. But it's still pretty vague. You know, it's 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 a it's a way to explain it without fully explaining it. Um, they're 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 fudging it still a lot, which is great. I'm fine with that because, like you said, when you try to over explain it and try to connect it with you know something bigger or whatever, that it always fails. Um, oh yeah, it, like it just doesn't make sense.
1: And I feel like they kind of went that route into is where they over explained it so much to a degree that it doesn't make sense. So that <laughs> way, it's still okay. Like because like like yeah. the second one legit confuses me, and like there's a few like <laughs> holes in like like there's like certain moments where you're like okay this character could be either one of these characters but we don't know and like all the like the second one legit gets confusing I feel like even that's on purpose to where they're just going the other end of it like oh yeah we're just explaining it so much that it doesn't matter
0: that you're you're just gonna like kind (laughs) of give up right (laughs) yeah no no yeah I could see that too yeah no it's it's, it, But I, I find it interesting, too, because not only is she trying to improve herself with trees, she's trying to improve herself over the course of it. And it's not even that she's necessarily trying to improve herself. It's actually just kind of happening accidentally. You know, it's actually not a, a conscious thing on her part. She's not, you know, going through and going, OK, well, maybe if I become a better person, uh, this will yeah. be better. It's just kind of a she just it, she just strips. So as things are happening The the bad aspects of her kind of strip away. and You begin to see the real tree, the one that's who's actually kind of underneath it all. And that's what's that's what's good about it, too, is it's like not her actively trying to change her person
1: that that's what it would be if it was like the 90s. It would like if this was like a nineties movie or like even an early aughts movie, like that would be the thing is like, oh, like like some old person would be like, Well, maybe if you start being a good person, this will stop happening to you. And then and then that like you know triggers it. And then but like you said, like it's more out of the happenstance of like again, she like almost thinks that she's just kind of fucked at this point, and she's like, Well, yeah. I'm here, so I mean, I guess I might as well like try to do things a little differently and you know, whatever. Yeah. See what uh, works, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And I think it's it's interesting, too, because in this one, she's got her love interest, which is uh, uh, the guy named Carter, who she keeps waking up to uh, every morning. And uh, there's a there's a funny bit in the movie that he's constantly every time she wakes up, he's constantly looking under some desk and like looking for something. And that uh, it's a funny gag that eventually gets explained in number two. And it's the stupidest, most useless explanation ever. And I love it because of that, because all he was looking for was his mouth guard under there. So it's great because you know people were theorizing, like, well, whoa, what was he looking under there for? Was mm-hmm. it something important? Mm-hmm. And it's literally the most the least important thing in the world. Uh, I mean it's important to him, of course, but you know, it's, it's it's the least important to the story. But uh it's it's just but going back to Carter himself, uh it's I like that he's kind of an emotional uh, support for her, but he's not trying to. He he helps kind of with some ideas and stuff, but she really comes up with, you know, the bulk of, uh, of what she needs to figure out. You know, he's not. He's he's more of a sounding board, uh, than anything else. And I like that that he's not a guy trying to control, uh, anything in this. You know, they, they, the character is just there to be a foil for her more than anything else. She is very strongly the main character. Uh, she has all of her own agency and and everything and doesn't need to be saved by the guy or anything. She really is in both of these movies. She's really the full on protagonist and, and, and the main character. And I love that about it.
1: Oh yeah, uh every every year on uh on, on twitter.com I give a a, a <laughs> award for good boy of the year for for horror movies because <laughs> because most guys in horror movies they suck for for good reason but like it's yep, usually yep. like you know has something to do with the plot and stuff and 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 my criteria for good boy of the year is one they just have to be a just good guy like wholeheartedly uh no ulterior motives but it also like i call it good boy because they are kind of like dogs usually because they <laughs> are there to support the main character like you said like he right. is he's there and like this isn't And the first one, like, isn't meant to be a, you know, a uh, have the the romantic angle to it. There's, uh, you know, they're not like, you know, doing like cute date situations throughout the movie. It's like, no, he's like trying to help her figure out why she's not dying. And the thing with the movie is that like shows why he is just such like a purely good guy is throughout most of the movie it's him meeting her for the first time again. Yeah. So it's not like they're having this like built history throughout this experience. He doesn't remember. She, she keeps remembering these different experiences with him, but he doesn't know that. So like literally every time is him being just a good guy that meets her for the first time and is willing to help her. And like the fact that he consistently does that just like shows that it's just like, Oh yeah, no matter what time reality, he's just going to be a good guy. And then that's, when she you know starts to fall for him you know just like you know experience and that over and over again like kind of you know building this bond with him that he doesn't even know about he's just a blissfully <laughs> unaware golden retriever there to do whatever she needs him <laughs> to do and we love him
0: absolutely yeah carter carter is one of the best good boys there are in uh horror for sure um yeah no i i like that that's uh that's funny um but that did remind me of what i was going to uh, uh Mentioned was that she um uh, And now it just left my brain again Oh my god um, You had mentioned something while you were talking about it Oh her remembering uh, during each Of these uh, loops which is you know Integral to uh, the time loop Thing is that the, the protagonist the person Going through the time loop remembers Every little bit of this and uh, which Is good but also at the same time in this One it's interesting because she's getting Killed each time and that's what sets the time Loop off uh, and that's what Restarts her day is that each time she, uh, is is gaining damage? Whatever killed her or hurt her in the last one, she wakes up and she feels the pain from that still, uh, which I thought was an interesting and unique aspect. Because in Groundhog Day, we didn't get that. Like he would die, and you know, in in all these different you know macabre ways, but. You know, he wasn't feeling that pain. He wasn't getting damaged each time. And this becomes a plot point in the movie as well, because at one point she's taken so much damage that when she wakes up, she ends up passing out and having to be taken to the hospital. And it's remarked upon that when she has an x-ray that she has <laughs> like years worth of damage inside of her. And and it doesn't make any sense. And uh, it was an interesting aspect.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was like a very cool way to put a body horror spin on like again like this this you know all this emotional trauma that she keeps within herself but because of this you know series of events that they just like kind of keep coming to the surface and then again like you know they they physically manifest but this is of course you know for her for her like just like kind of mental traumas that she's building up over time and and that also plays into you know like time loop time travel movies where you kind of have this like mental exhaustion that you take on from experiencing that and like her her thinking has to fundamentally change you know once she kind of realizes like okay like I have to like go through life now like thinking at some point somebody's gonna kill me and I have to like be like not terrified of that and like that's a hard thing to do so um, it works out, you know. Again, you know, taking the tropes of these types of movies and then applying it to her to her character arc, uh, they they just work in tandem like really well together, and of course, like well, provide you know nice uh, horror montages as well.
0: Right? Yeah, and I think it's interesting too because you know after she realizes that she's getting damaged uh, severely and that she can't take much more of that, um, or she will die, like totally that she like has to reorient instead of like, you know, continuously dying over and over again, trying to figure out who it is. She's actually got to stop and think and try to piece this together in a better way, given the information she already has and, you know, just stop and, and really consider, you know, all the possibilities. And so I think that was a good, like a good, um, uh, storytelling device to get that, uh, to, to take us into that moment and to, uh, you know, kind of lead us into, you know, the latter part of the movie.
1: Yeah. I, I think one, one thing that also sets, you know, tree apart as a final girl is uh, most final girls, you know, they kind of fall into one of two categories. They're either the more reactionary ones. They're like, kind of just like, you know, dealing with the situation that's you know going on right. and they end up just like kind of more surviving, you know, by the end, uh, whether that's like a Sally or someone like that or, you know, or we have the like more proactive final girls and like tree kind of gets to do both in this movie. You know, she like hits this like low point of like, you know, feeling like she's, you know, just like kind of fucked and like not going to get out of this situation, like kind of uh accepts this like you know reactionary thing but like you said once uh she kind of figures out that she needs to do something she, you know she very much flips it and then she becomes this very like you know proactive on the move and she's you know very she's physically capable she's adaptive she's uh very clever thinking and uh she really just like kind of gets to show off the the range of uh, of what a final girl could be
0: oh absolutely yeah no i i i i i'm always uh uh, I'm always happy when we get the more proactive uh, final girls. Uh, somebody like a, a Nancy uh, from the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, can't think of her she, name. Uh, she she reminds Benson's me of a Sydney from... too. She, she yeah, she, yeah. She,
1: she gives me a lot of Sydney vibes. Yeah.
0: Now Sydney, yeah, because Sydney starts out kind of like you know reactionary and then kind of builds towards that uh, uh, more uh, proactive. So yeah, yeah, that's a good good call um yeah so i mean it's it's you know and it's interesting that in this one it's it's so we get to find out that ultimately in the end it's her roommate who's trying to kill her um and who has set all this in motion because she's jealous because she's dating this the teacher slash doctor guy and she wants to date the, the teacher slash doctor guy it's kind of a like to me it's kind of a shitty motivation um but again slashers are filled with like shitty motivations the killers are always have like the worst possible reasons for killing people um so it, it it's it's in line with that uh but uh it, it's it's kind of fun that uh you know when we get to the second movie it gets flipped on its head um but you know before we get there let's let me hear your thoughts on uh on this one
1: yeah, I mean, this is that's why this kind of falls into like a like I, I feel like nobody talks about this as like a more of a modern Jalo, as yeah. you know, you kind of have the the slasher angle, but the slasher angle is more focused on like the who done it, uh, part of it versus yeah. like you know like a, kind of the why of it all, um, it, you know that we are kind of focused on like okay, if we figure out who the killer is, then this might you know change uh change the the situation. Um, You know not only that you kind of you know have the hallmark with the black gloves and the the iconic mask and everything but like Jalo movies this kind of works uh, mainly only the first one because like once you realize that this is a sci-fi thing then it kind of falls out that cam Jalo never really gets into sci-fi but it does get into either you know it gets into like illogical situations whether it be supernatural or not and since we don't really know, so like, that's kind of where I put that in this and especially just because of, and, 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 and even the motivation part like falls into that because like in Jalo movies, the motivation yeah. is always very dramatic, you know? And yeah, I mean, that's yeah. as dramatic as it can get. Like, Oh my God, I'm just, you you're a shitty roommate. And I wish yeah. I was sleeping with the professor that you're sleeping with. Like that is, yeah. you know, so, <laughs> so like straight from the seventies. Um, so, so yeah, it, it kind of falls into that. And I feel like that's kind of where, um, the the kills kind of uh fall into as well because like this baby face doesn't have like a iconic weapon that uses it like you know uses just like whatever is in the different uh you know vicinity for like that specific scenario so we get like a a lot of variety of these like kind of you know some you know ranging from very simple stabbings to then uh you know these like more elaborate like kind of things as well
0: Right. Right. No. And I, and uh, yeah, definitely. I, I definitely see uh, the comparisons with the giallo, which, uh, which, remind, which always brings me back to that. The screen movies are very giallo influenced as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, you know, I will, I will sing that to my dying day. Um, but, uh you know, because it's exactly the same, the mask, the gloves, the shitty motivations, the very over dramatic reasonings, and you know, everything, especially with the, the always like just, the, always being tied to her and her family and everything it's just it's just crazy but yeah no i see the same i see what you're saying with the the same aspects in in this one and i think that carries over into the next one as well um i think there's you know there's shallow touchstones it, yeah we're getting in the sci-fi a little bit more but whenever we're getting with whenever there's the killer involved we've got the the, the shallow aspects of it mm-hmm. so Um, But that goes into saying that uh, with this one, with the first one, we also have an alternate ending. It wasn't used, um, but uh, with this uh, one, it it has that uh, the doctor himself was also involved. And we kind of get a tease in that in the movie itself. She does find a baby face mask in his drawer at one point and suspects him, uh, but it ends up not being him in this movie. Um, So Mm. it's an interesting Thing that they um uh they 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 put in the first one. And uh, like I said, it doesn't get played into. But then when we get into the second movie, that actually becomes reality. In this alternate reality, the tree ends up being in, the doctor himself is the killer this time. And so it was a nice little twist to kind of you know have your cake and eat it too. So you get to have both versions because in this new version, you know, her roommate isn't. The shitty person like isn't trying to kill her and they actually have this interesting resolution between them too you know and it's nice to see that tree as a person she understands that this new reality is different and that this girl isn't trying to kill her and that she can you know kind of have that friend back in a way too which was a which was a nice uh, a touch to it all
1: yeah i wonder if that was like kind of a scenario where they like filmed that for the first one but then like decided like oh hey let's hold on to this because this could be something we could use in a sequel and then like you know put it as you know deleted scenes for like easter eggs and stuff because you know there there are so many like small details from the first one that do carry over into the second one and either absolutely paid off or you know or like you know added to in in some degree um, but yeah, so so I I definitely could uh, again, I, I'm in, intrigued to see how much of this they were kind of thinking <laughs> about when they did do the first one versus like, you know, right, then making the second one being like, okay, well, what
0: did we put in the first one? How can we make sense of this? Right. Um, so so yeah, very, very fun. Yeah. no, And so, you know, speaking of number two, so we start over, you know, it, it's now Tuesday. uh, she was stuck on Monday. Uh, and now she, it's Tuesday. She's finally out of the time loop, and then we get uh, Ryan, the uh, roommate of Carter's, who who kept coming in every time her time loop kept happening. And now he's experiencing the time loop. And now we find out that he's stuck in the time loop because of some strange device that they have. It's kind of the MacGuffin of the the, the movie. Um, it's it's called Sissy. And it's um, it's what's co- it's what's caused the time loop, and by some crazy um, circumstances, you get a another version of Ryan who is, I guess, the future Ryan who is traveling back in time to kill himself, which doesn't make sense. Time time travels, you know, wise it doesn't make sense that he's trying to kill himself, but that's what's happening in the time loop. He kills himself. Uh, and then it just kept resetting. Uh, <laughs> so he he's not even like even future Ryan has kind of screwed up the whole thing and created the time loop. Uh, so it's, it's, it's just weird.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, just off the gate, like it's such a it's such an interesting move to take the character that in the first movie, <laughs> the only thing he's there to do is to bust <laughs> in the door and say, are you done with that sweet Vagina? And yeah. then now he becomes the co-lead in the second one. Like <laughs> the to do that is just impressive in itself. I find that hilarious. Um, and oh, yeah. I do like I, I like how the beginning is such a nice bridge, you know, between the two movies. Like it, I love I love when a horror movie picks up like literally the minute after the first yes. one ended. Like I, I'm a sucker for that. I feel like we don't do that enough. So I love that they like pick it up right there. We see uh, them having to like match the continuity to the scene from the end of the first one, uh, you know, into this one, and like with the with the costuming as well, um, which I which I have more on later. Um, but um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it, it, it was super. It was a super cool way to like kind of uh, you know switch it up and like kind of give you they give you the familiar beats from the first one. Like now we see Ryan, like, you know, doing the walk and he sees the repeating motif stuff. So it's like, you know, catching you back up and like, you know, and and it's in a weird, interesting way. Like you could almost watch happy death day to you by itself. If you really wanted to, like, obviously like, it would be better if you watch it yeah with the first yeah. one but like it, with the way that it recaps and like shows stuff from the first movie and like kind of catches you back up you it almost could be its own thing within itself it's it's right, interesting right. um but but yeah so i, I like the 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 in and, and they kind of keep you know that like you said like the the aspect does bleed into this one yes um yeah. really mainly to like kind of keep that you know continuity as far as like the tone and stuff while it does you know very much kind of again change kind of the whole trajectory of everything of it you right than right. being like okay this is firmly a sci-fi thing
0: now right yeah. And since Ryan is now stuck in the time loop, uh, they they're trying to get it fixed after they after they meet future Ryan. They're trying to get it fixed. Um, and then they they set off the device. And it ends up uh, shunting uh, Tree into another reality. And so now Tree wakes up. She, it's, she feels like it's the same day again. She's reliving that Monday again, uh, but things are just slightly off. You know, things start out. Okay. It seems like it's the same day again, but then she starts to notice that things are slightly off. And then she realizes um, mostly when, uh, uh, when uh, uh, Danielle arrives and starts kissing Carter uh, that something is wildly off and uh they they realize that she's now in a in an alternate uh, reality alternate timeline where things have things have gone uh quite different um and including when she uh goes uh, to meet her dad for her uh birthday lunch and finds that her mom is still alive uh, in this reality uh, which was which was nice in a way to see you know her get uh, this moment to to reconnect with her mom after you know the the several years uh, had passed since she had died so it was a nice touching moment that she gets to gets to re- relive some of that it's
1: it's like it's interesting because i remember when this came out and i remember Aside from like, you know, changing the tone a little bit and the things like that. Uh, the other criticism I saw is like, OK, does this movie like undo the character arc, you know, from the first movie that tries right. and it does in a way. But at the same time, it does in a way that makes sense for this story. and And it's an interesting exploration of, again, like, you know, when you watch a horror movie and you think of like how that character is going to be like afterwards it's like okay like is it truly going to change them or is it going to be also like something that they forget about in a couple of years and then revert back to themselves so it's like right. I like with this one it you know adds another layer to you know trees arc of being like of really testing or be like hey are you truly different now uh, you know after right. this situation yeah. or if given the opportunity would you kind of revert back to like, you know, because she, you know, accepts, you know, her mother's death and like, kind of you know, takes a step past that. And then right. to have this premise do the thing where it's like, OK, well, now you have the option where you could live in a reality where she exists. Like, yeah, have you truly learned your lesson or are you going to kind of fall into like uh, the, the typical mistakes of
0: a time travel movie? So, again, they're right. playing
1: on the the tropes of the genre again.
0: Right. No. And I like that too, that, you know, because they do that, they give her this test, they, they, they test her resolve and say, you know, Hey, you know, do you want to give up what you have, um, currently, uh, to have back, um, your mom and, you know, for anybody that, you know, in that situation, that would be a hard, hard choice, especially because, you know, she's obviously very close with her mom. Um, they have a great relationship and you can see how much you know and just the the first movie you see just how much that hurt her but you can see you know but like we said with that first movie she grew and changed and 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 evolved during that movie to get past that and to find um her back to herself again and you know trying to move on and now you know you put this speed bump of, well, she, now she doesn't have to move on. Now she can have this, she can have her mom, but she doesn't get to have Carter. And what does that, how does that affect things? And sure. It's like, okay. You know, most people would be like, yeah, I would rather have my mom than some guy, you know, but you know, she talks to her mom and her mom says, you know, I, I, I would want to be with your dad because I got you. And that, like as much as she wants her mom and everything like that, she realizes that, you know, she can't be stuck in the past that she has to move on and has to move forward. And as much as, you know, yes, it's going to hurt and it sucks to have lost her mom that moving forward is the better choice. And, and I like that they give her this, this, this hard, this very difficult um, decision to make. And, and she, you know. Obviously, you know, obviously it's the writers or whatever like that. But Jessica Rothi definitely, you know, does such a good job at playing this. like we mentioned before. I mean, she runs the gamut of everything. She's very funny, um, but she's very emotional too in this movie. and it, it's it's very cool to see. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's a it's a pretty big thing to like kind of make that be, you know, your your, you know overarching theme for this movie, basically being like, Hey, like, you know, like you're kind of having to make the choice of like, you know, the what you want versus like, obviously, like the thing that's going to be better for you. And like, you know, it's an interesting like statement to like have a movie where you're like, hey, you're kind of going to be a better person, you know, or the person that you are, you know, you know, due to, you know, the trauma that you deal with with this death, but then the right. things that you learn from other people because of this is going to make you the better person versus if you didn't go through that, that's a crazy thing to do in this, you yeah. know, also very silly, repetitive sci-fi <laughs> yeah. horror comedy as well. Like, so it's like them to kind of sneak a very big idea into this movie is, uh is very, it's very sneaky. And, and, uh, and like you said, you have to have Jessica Rothen's performance to be able to really sell it like, and, you know, see her, kind of going through these things and i love seeing uh you know uh expanding her character in this as well like you know like showing that you know the things that she's capable of like you know she is like kind of still portrayed as like you know the typical like blonde like popular mean girl or popular like you know pretty girl and stuff and then it's like in this one when people doubt her on like you know being able to like learn all this you know science time travel stuff she's like okay no i'm gonna double down i'm gonna show you that i can do it and and, I, and, and you, you don't really see long game uh, kind of plans in movies anymore because obviously everything kind of happens so fast. But with the premise of this, it's like she literally has to just spend weeks doing time traveling and killing herself to, like, learn more and, like, yeah. use the time travel to, like, be able to learn all this information. She, like, basically becomes a scientist uh, yeah. throughout the course of the movie, which is pretty fucking awesome. Like, she, yeah. you know, uh, kind of goes through like that a
0: quantum physicist. yeah. <laughs>
1: Literally, she yeah, she learns quantum physics and time travel in like a uh, in, in like a <laughs> month and a half span, uh, and it, it was super cool, kind of getting to see that. And it uses again the the premise in a smart way. Um, but then yeah. I guess um, I saw on your outline, you said uh, places for fun facts, and um, yeah. I, one thing I, I really appreciated about this one was um with uh, the wardrobe to uh to tree. So I was like looking up because I I was thinking about them having to match the looks from the first one right and the first one doesn't have many looks so they said they only had to match two looks from the the first movie into the second one but then they made it a point to give tree 15 new looks (laughs) in this movie (laughs) because in the first one she's wearing the exact same outfit for like 75 percent of the movie and so like and you don't really think about that you know because you're you know thinking about the premise and then like so you kind of forget, like you know, how much you learn about somebody through their clothing. So they like wanted to give her like all these different looks to like express her personality more. Since we like really didn't get to learn about her in the first one, and I thought right, that right. was a, a really cool touch.
0: Yeah, no, and I, I'm I'm definitely a, a big fan of the uh, FML uh, shirt that she wears in this uh, because you know it, it it's it's funny uh, just on its own. But at one point, you know, it she's doing. They're going through the montage and they're just trying over and over and over again. Cause what she's having to do with this learning these um quantum physics and everything, they're having to try out these different uh algorithms every time. And uh when they don't work, uh she dies and comes back. And so each time, uh, it just is like, okay, they keep failing, they keep failing, they keep failing. And one at one point she's uh, sitting there next to ryan and it fails and then she just smiles at him and just pulls her shirt down and shows the fml It just just like that's what it is <laughs> you know so it's it's a really fun touch with that with with the clothing as well so i i enjoy that a lot yeah we we definitely get to um and and, and
1: because it's like funny to think about too like if like you like you know spent like spent the entire first movie like doing that like wearing the same things like you get annoyed so it's like it's like almost that she makes it a point to be like well if i'm gonna keep doing all this like time traveling i need to switch it up you know and then i love how they also use that to you know that that's where we get kind of the the repeated kill motif in for this one of her like having to learn the algorithm and uh get into this one
0: now this one for me this 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 uh uh repeated death montage we get we get them in both movies uh but this one is my favorite uh, uh mostly because it uses uh paramore's uh hard times uh song during it and it's yes. just such a fun sequence um especially the bit where she's uh jumping out of the plane because so she keeps <laughs> so amongst all this so she's like not only is she having the stress of having to learn all these and having to die each time you know and 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 they figure out It's better for her to just try to kill herself rather than to wait um, for the killer to like kill her and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And so so she's fine, you know. So we get all these montages uh, of her, you know, finding new creative ways to do this. And meanwhile, she keeps seeing uh Carter and Danielle on this uh bench uh kissing. And so it's frustrating to her because you know she's in love with Carter. Uh and you know, again, Carter doesn't know uh because he's stuck in the same day, you know, he, he resets every day. And so, and in this reality, him and Danielle are together and it d- doesn't matter to her, uh, to him. And so she, she just keeps getting like, it's doing, it's doing over it. So this, this moment, this culmination of this uh, uh, sequence is she, <laughs> she goes to skydive, uh, but without a parachute, she's just in her like, I guess, underwear in this sequence. It's, a, it's, it's like a weird, in a bikini. Yeah yeah, so, in a bikini kind of underwear style thing, so she literally jumps out of the the airplane um with no parachute on, no jumpsuit or anything. And just as she's about to land, they slow it down, and she's like dropping right in front of Carter and Danielle. And she just like is looking straight at the camera, flipping it off and just splat and they get sprayed in blood. It is hilarious. it's 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 a great sequence
1: yeah it's like yeah in in the first one the montage is like trying to like yeah like find the different ways to like be creative and like kill her and like show the the killer like you know being relentless and stuff. a
0: different person yeah
1: yeah so it's like a different type it's like you know more it's supposed to be like more stressful and like whatnot like like you said this one it's like all about having fun because like now you know we're a second movie and we're totally in on the premise and know how it works so like yeah it is just them uh having having super fun with it um they get to be uh a, a smidge more explicit in this one even though they're both pg-13 which is um these are definitely both movies i point out as saying like hey pg-13 movies they work if you are yeah smart with editing and and things like that and if you're creative
0: <clears throat> yeah absolutely so the- anybody that complains about pg-13 horror movies not being uh good or creative or anything is just not watching the right movies because uh there's lots yeah. of PG-13 horror movies that uh, uh, very much will push the envelope and uh, are very good because of it. I mean, this movie would have been too easy to be PG-13.
1: Like they all could have just been like a montage of these like grisly deaths and things like that. <laughs> right. And like, and but that, that's kind of lazy. Like they they wanted kind of the extra talent of like being a little creative with it. And again, like it comes from like the way that they edit stuff with like the way that they like match cut like scenes to scenes are always really fun and stuff like that. And like the you know going from her being killed to then like it makes sense that right. like we wouldn't see the kill part because as soon as it happens that's when it restarts so it's like it it, it all it all works together in that way um, it, you know the the first one I would say that my favorite would be um uh, the bong kill because I am a stoner and I think that's very <laughs> fun to to break a bong outside of a bed and you know uh, get some eye with it so so uh, that that's my favorite one for the first one then the second one is uh, I just love. Uh, Her uh, jogging and diving headfirst into a wood chipper because it's (laughs) also a it's also a pun. Her name is tree. Uh, It's all fantastic. (laughs) And
0: yeah, so so love that one. No, any any anytime there's a wood chipper, it's always a good it's always a good death scene. You know, we got this one. We got uh, Tucker and Dale versus evil. You got Fargo. You know, anytime there's a wood chipper, it's a it's a party. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh yeah, you can't you cannot go wrong with a with a wood chipper and and I think that's like the most like blood we can get to see in the between the two movies as well. Like um, right, it, yeah. like it spits out some chunks and uh, that's super fun. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, it's definitely definitely a great scene. Uh, it's yeah, and that's part of the montage as well. It's just it's it's so it's just it's such a f- like and for me, I really enjoyed the second movie. It it's funny too because I had actually had a lower grade for it um both of these movies for me are five stars on letterbox now because i just i love them i enjoy them i get why people might not like a number 2 as much as the first one but i think especially um because i watched them um back to back uh yesterday uh before uh doing this that you know they they they're very good in tandem with each other and i think that um it's that's a that's the kind of the best way to watch them is is back to back because you get Uh, all that fun and, and everything that, uh, that they're, they're, they're trying to do. And that's, what's funny too. Uh, They, you know, you could consider this, like some could, some, you know, ill-informed people would consider these movies lazy because you're just kind of repeating over and over again but that actually takes talent to make it interesting and fun because not all yes you're having to repeat aspects and stuff but you're having to repeat them and do them slightly different or make them more interesting each time so it's not just the same scene over and over and over again
1: Oh yeah, like it's a it's a very hard thing to do. Like not only to do that, but and, and that's why like I don't fault the second movie at all. Like I don't, I wouldn't say it's like right. an inferior movie. It's just a, it's definitely a preference thing.
0: Like yeah, of, of the of the
1: tone and uh, the tone and subgenres like you know like would I have wanted it to be as comedic as it is no but like is it not <laughs> but is it funny though like yeah it's a funny movie it's not like the comedy doesn't work like there's some right. hilarious bits in the second one because uh, they really do you know lean into it. the comedy's darker since it, they do play into the killing herself stuff but then like like the, the scene where Danielle's acting blind in the library <laughs> is so fucking stupid and hilarious. Uh, you know, so it's like it's not that it's not working, it's just not exactly what I want between the two movies, you know? Right. Yeah. And I feel like that's also part of the reason that they had to make such a big subgenre shift, is because to keep it from feeling stale, like if they, you know, Absolutely, kept it yeah. in the horror realm, then yeah, it just feels like you're copying and pasting. So it's like they had to, you know, go very drastic, uh, you know, leaning into the sci-fi and comedy more to still set it apart while still being able to use the same premise.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I think that's uh that's the 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 most fun aspect of it is is that you have to make that tonal shift. Uh, because otherwise, I mean, yeah, I get the complaint. I, well, I, I understand the complaints that you want a horror movie again, but you couldn't do that in that same way because we'd already had that. You already have that in the first movie. So you have to kind of make a slight tonal shift um, and they can, you know, and I think that they, they you know, they definitely go In the other direction a lot with the comedy and stuff, but it works very well, like you said, Uh, you know, and and we talked about how Ryan was this uh, side character who didn't get much um, uh, in the first movie, but that's the same with Danielle too. She only got a couple of scenes in the original one that repeated uh, over and over again. And in this one, Danielle becomes a much more um, uh, important character uh, to the whole the whole movie as well. So it's nice to see two of the characters kind of get beefed up a lot more uh, in this. uh, And then we get a couple of other new side characters, uh, Ryan's uh, uh, lab mates uh, who uh, help him with uh, the sissy machine. And so it's 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 a nice ensemble in this one. It's a bigger, bigger ensemble than in the first one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's super fun getting to see new characters mixed in with the old ones, seeing different sides of the old ones that we didn't see, like you said, with uh, her roommate, Lori, like when we actually get to like see like what she's actually like as a person when she's, you know, not trying to kill tree. Um, (laughs) You know, I thought that like her performance, like getting to do a completely different thing is uh, super fun. And uh, and yeah, just like in general, like being able to like again like round up like you know like such you know the same crew from the the first one and like same like like I mean I wonder if they even had to like reach back out to like these like same extras to be like <laughs> yeah. hey we need to like yeah. shoot this scene again like I know you were only in it for two minutes but we need you uh, you know yeah. I find that like you know they're they're kind of again like the the attention to detail is like so great so it's like this is so the opposite of a lazy movie there's so much effort and like thought that had to go into this yeah
0: Yeah, absolutely yeah i think i think that you know this especially the second movie like the first movie you know takes a lot of um of of work to do. But then this second movie where you're having to recreate, like you said, there's like the, a lot of the same actors that, uh, you know, the extras that you had to put in there, like the girl who was doing the petition and, you know, that group of uh, frat boys out on there, you know,
1: you know, I'm sure there's a
0: (laughs) couple of people here and there that aren't exactly the same. I'm sure if you put them side by side, you'd see different actors or whatever, but you know, the, the attention to detail was enough that you don't quite notice it. And so, you know, it's a nice, it's good to see them put in that much effort into, you know, a low tier horror movie, you know, cause you know, these movies didn't cost a lot. Uh, so it's, it's definitely the effort it put into them is always, uh, appreciated for sure.
1: Yeah. 100% like these, these are super underrated for me. And, and again, like I, I desperately want the the third one. Yes. Um, yes. Like, um, uh, my 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 uh, title for the third one would be uh would be happy birthday tree, but it's spelled out happy birthday or happy death day comma and then the e's and trees names are threes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be a good one. Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, I think I think that's the general consensus is that most people want it to be a happy death day tree. Yeah. So I mean, hopefully, you know, I'm 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 hopeful that we will eventually uh, uh, get them. Uh, Fingers crossed that Jason Blum uh, gives it to him. Put it on Hulu. I don't care. Just make it and put it somewhere like, you know, before it gets too far, too much farther out. You know, I honestly don't
1: see why that's like not the not the case, you know. So like, uh, uh, you know, so anything that's on Blumhouse's slate right now, I'm going to see in theaters just because in my far fetched mind, I'm like, this money <laughs> to go towards happy death day three uh th- that's the ultimate goal behind uh a standing blumhouse at the moment is
0: there ultimately <laughs> to get this movie <laughs> and i mean hulu has a good relationship with them they they made a whole bunch of in like original movies uh, a couple of years ago um, yeah that they were the, doing the, every month yeah the so. the the
1: what blumhouse of terror and then the into the dark series and yeah the, the yeah. Into the
0: dark series yeah so yeah they've they've had this uh previous relationship so it's like renew that and you know put it put it somewhere i don't care where you put it just put it somewhere so i can watch it please i i need the continuing uh, uh chapter of this saga <laughs> <laughs> expand into
1: a mini series oh my like, god do a, a mini series cool. continuation like that could be fun like there's there, oh, uh, like i lot I, I just do find it fascinating that there are just like so many possibilities here and like it, it it's a shame that like you know there's so many ideas that could be had with it but it's just money that holds these things back you know it's like
0: it's unfortunate Absolutely. and and it's funny too because it obviously wasn't a lot of money so it's like you know that there's definitely there's there's room out there for it. There's money out there for it. It's like just make it happen. And like you said, with the miniseries, that would actually open it up. Every episode could almost be a different genre in a way too, which would make it really fascinating as well. So there's so many avenues to go with this.
1: Oh yeah, one hundred percent. There's you know many many more ways that we could uh, <laughs> learn learn to kill tree um i i'm a kill count devotee so i did uh look up that uh tree dies 10 times in the first one eight times in the second one so so what final girl can say that they've died 18 times (laughs) in their franchise that's pretty dope
0: absolutely that is yeah 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 i mean we've had a few people who've died like i i know uh uh there's a couple of people who've died multiple times uh because of a shifting um timelines in them uh like the nurse from the the halloween franchise has died a couple of times uh (laughs) through different (laughs) through different shifting timelines but uh yeah it's it's rare you get somebody who gets to die multiple times so Mm
1: yeah canonically let, you know, let alone
0: 18 times
1: <laughs> yeah and, and it's usually the the villain for you know obvious for the obvious yes, reasons so it's, yes. it's rarely the protagonist too which uh, i think that's <laughs> super fun um it, uh, i did so uh, a few months ago um i did serve jessica Rothie at my job and oh, okay. uh, and uh, and she was a, she was a total sweetheart um uh and she she definitely uh, has the enthusiasm of wanting to do a third one she was like she was like as soon as like if i as soon as i get the call i'm in um but uh awesome. it, it, it was really getting to, it was cool getting to talk to her because uh, i was like i was like hey i know i know the you know like movies like didn't do like super popular i was like but i was like online you're a big hit i was like people love tree yes. as a final girl and uh, and she she was very endeared by that she was like oh my god like that's so cool and like it was, it was funny because she was like having lunch with a friend and so I remember like after I walked away her friend was like super excited for her. like oh my god like he was like totally like recognize you as a fan like you you it was like so it was a it was a very wholesome moment all around she's a, she's awesome. a, a total
0: sweetheart. That's always good to hear. I, I love hearing that. I, I I love hearing good uh uh fan uh actor actor uh uh interactions like that. So that's that's awesome. So All right. Um I think i am quite done uh with anything in this do you have anything else you want to mention about these movies uh that we haven't already mentioned
1: no i think we i think we covered all the bases on it and, yeah. and the consensus is uh i think we and you just need to start writing this <laughs> uh the spec script for this third one there you uh, go my last thought
0: <laughs> all right well why don't you let people know where they can find you online
1: yeah thank you for having me i appreciate it uh you can find yeah. me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at underscore daddy disco. And then uh, I do uh, co-host my own podcast, uh, the Spectre Cinema Club uh, with my buddy Garrett McDowell. And uh, we uh, focus on a different uh, theme or subgenre every month and then uh, kind of get into the nitty gritty on those. So uh, currently we are doing uh, internet internet based horror with uh, like internet and social media type stuff. So uh, like spree and tragedy girls. So uh, we got some fun episodes in there and then uh, coming up, we're going to be uh, doing some aquatic horror and, uh, and also uh, some uh, South Korean horror coming up. So uh, we got, we got a nice uh, slate uh, coming up the next couple of months. So you can find us uh, new episodes every Tuesday on all podcast platforms and on Instagram and Twitter at Spectre cinema.
0: Great. That sounds awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on. I very much appreciate it. And I hope to have you on again in the future. Hey,
1: I'm there. I'm there whenever you want.
0: All right. Thanks again to Devon for joining me. Next episode, Donna returns to talk about the first MCU event in the Avengers movie this Friday. And then on Monday, Donna is back. And so is my daughter Katrina. And we'll be trying to avoid the traps in Escape Room and Escape Room Tournament of Champions. Thanks for listening. If you like what you've heard, please consider giving the show five stars and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, please share the podcast on social media to help spread the word. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or at creepyandgeeky.com. Music for the podcast composed by Jerry Smith. You can follow the podcast on social media at Creepy on both Twitter and Instagram. If you'd like to follow me, I'm GeekThulu on Twitter and Geek.Thulu on Instagram. You can support the podcast by ordering teas and more on TeePublic or by donating to the Ko-fi page. All of the links are in the show notes. Finally, don't forget, stay creepy.